Hello, folks. This is episode three of the Streets of Avalon re-release, The Box. Next week, Tuesday, that's the 18th of December, we will be starting the Kickstarter for the Streets of Avalon sourcebook. To give you an idea of what's in the book, here is another excerpt. The city is alive. Avalon is in a constant state of flux. Across the city, a number of main streets are traveled often enough to remain open year-round. The natural flow of traffic in city life tends to follow these general paths. This uniformity of travel is more the exception than the rule, however, especially in the southern dock ward. In other parts of Avalon, the streets, alleyways, and roof walks all shift and change multiple times during the year. Buildings collapse, fires rage, and new structures rise, causing that traffic flow to shift. Avalon is not, generally speaking, a clean and well-groomed city. It's gritty, dirty, and even the nobles' homes in the northern section of the city are more worn and on the verge of decay than they are bright and shiny examples of wealth and power. Vandalism, arson, and sabotage make the urban landscape hard to pin down, even for the most observant city dweller. Amidst these adjustments, it's also important to remember that those in power don't like change unless it is something that they have a vested interest in. And, as befits a large urban location, neighborhood-level justice and rules are often just as effective as any magistrate's proclamation, if not more so. To help offset the seemingly transient nature of much of the city, remember that there are locations that are involatile. Graveyards, manor houses, the clock tower in the center of the city, specific taverns or inns that have always been here, and so on. These locations are old, very old. They maintain a level of reverence with the locals in their respective neighborhoods such that harm or threats to these places are met with strong resistance. The Moving Masses When it comes to the people who live and sometimes thrive within the walls of Avalon, they are not patiently waiting for the PCs to interact with them. The denizens of the neighborhoods have work to do. Wood needs to be split, forges tended, and iron hammered into shape, Streets repaired, kitchens cleaned, market stalls restocked, and tavern guests who couldn't make it home the night before tossed in the gutters. More importantly, the slop, waste, and dead must be carted to pits or alleyways. In short, there's a lot going on in Avalon. Everyone has something to do for a living, even if that's just trying to cut the purse from a gawking outlander PC. When your PCs engage with the locals, be sure to give that local a role or job that they do in the area, or at least a reason for why they happen to be there. When the PC who has lived in this neighborhood her whole life wants to talk to the local potion peddler whose squeaky-wheeled cart is usually resting just outside the stag's head in, let them spew forth that info. The city is large enough that it's nearly impossible for the GM to come up with all of the people that the PCs could engage with. Encourage your players to provide these types of details, and don't forget that bribery as a means to an end is common practice. The locals, be they griffin patrol, beggar, local tough, sweetmeat vendor, or tavern keeper, aren't shy in asking for a bit of coin for services rendered. It's also a fun way to help keep the PCs spending some of that hard-won silver. Finally, don't forget that nearly every type of labor that can be organized into a guild is, and nearly every guild is led by a noble family. Organizations are everywhere, and more often than not, members of those organizations are as much of a hindrance as they are a help, especially if they think the PCs might be encroaching on their turf. That's all for this installment. And now on to the next episode of The Streets of Avalon. What's in the box? What's in the box? Last time on The Streets of Avalon, Vassar speaks with a lamplighter, our rogues dispatch the final shapeshifters, and the box compelled Vassar to open it. Now, let's find out what's in the box.
Welcome to the Streets of Avalon, played by the Wednesday Evening Podcast All-Stars, and presented by Misdirected Mark Productions, in conjunction with Gaming and BS, She's a Super Geek, and the Knights of the Night. Now for the introductions of our GM, the players, and the characters. Uh, Brett B. from Gaming and BS, I am the Dungeon Master. Hi there, this is Kevin Lovecraft. I'm playing a bard in this 5e campaign. Maris Solanus. Uh, my name is Tom. I'm one of the GMs and editors of Knights of the Night Actual Play Podcast. I am uh, playing a druid character, Nora Maginis, also known as Grandmother. I'm Emily from She's a Super Geek. I make up about one half of it, technically. I am playing a ranger, Fion McFinnegan. And my name is Chris Nizak, and I am one of the hosts and, uh, I guess, the architect of Misdirected Mark Productions. I am playing a character called Vassar Vim. I am a rogue who lives on the hard streets of Avalon, and I turn the microphone over to Brett B. I open the box. Vassar pops the box open. He looks down, and there is a very deep, cavernous roar from, like, miles away. Vassar, you're looking in a box, say, three feet by two feet. It's maybe two, three inches deep. It goes forever into just nothing. You see stars, possibly, maybe torchlight. It is just this empty void of nothing. There's a thing way off in the distance, kind of flumping, glumping, wobbling its way towards you. There's a slurping sound, this chittering a thousand voices all screaming insanity at you. I'd like you to make another uh, wisdom save, please. Yes. My God. Vassar's able to back away. He's holding his ears, and he's like, the noise, the noise, the noise. Vassar, there are all these voices just screaming and chittering. A thousand languages, known and unknown. Dialects, women screaming, babies crying. Your mother roaring at you for something you did when you were two. All of this is just pounding in your head. Violet is screaming, I told you not to open a box! I told you not to open the box! I take my rapier and try to slap the lid shut. Yeah, I'd like to send an arrow into the box's lid to try and close it as well. I would like to thorn whip it if I can, but whoever goes first is fine. Let's see, it's probably Maris first. Give it a shot. You tell me. The blade goes underneath and you flip it. It lands, but it doesn't lock. So the lid hits, and it just starts bouncing. Ah. And it's rattling. Okay. The noise is getting louder. I need everyone to make a wisdom save, please. Vassar, you are fine. You just can't move. I think I hear a story. Sounds like a good story. The greatest story ever told. Maris, you take seven points of damage. Maris hits the ground. Maris, from what you can see, there is this amazing heavenly glow, and there is just knowledge and data and the wisdom of ages and the tales from the old days and the soul war all of this stuff is just rushing into your head you see me trying to get my scroll tube out of my bags everyone else sees maris on the ground he has voided his bowels he is drooling and vomiting and trying to claw his ears off maris has this vision in his head of what he's doing that is not what anybody else sees at all i'm gonna write this story down thorn whip from grandma Okay. Bam! She cracks that thing. Give me a damage roll for this. It actually pulls it closer, so it just pulls it into my hand. Oh, there you go. So the box comes to you, and you can clamp it shut. With your hand power on it, you're able to hold it. 
Vassar, as soon as Grandma has the box shut, the screeching goes away from you, and you can move again. Can you lock this, please? I run right over to it and try to lock it with my lockpicks. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Give me a roll. That would probably be sleight of hand, huh? Yes. Oh, I rolled terrible. Yes, you did. You were t- so shaking. Now, if you'd like to, you have those finger bones. Would you like to burn one? Uh, yeah. One of the finger bones just disappears, and it is locked. Cool. How many are left? The necklace goes and tightens up slightly because it just lost a uh, section, mm-hmm. and you have about 20 left. Okay. Is he wearing it? Oh, he's wearing it. Got to be careful near the end there. Yeah. Oh, Frida, what's happening to Morris? Morris, you come out of it, and you sit up in a horrible and very, very embarrassing condition. What? What was that? Oh, my God. Uh, Morris, what happened? Uh, I don't want to talk about it right now. And I go scooching off to back where the baths are. Oh. He, oh. he, he stinks. Like, really bad. Yeah. I want to turn to face Violet, because I've still got i got another arrow notched, and I want to point it at her. I have no intention of actually firing, but I want to be threatening, and I'm going to ask, what is in the box? The mouth of Erlig. Okay, she's going to turn to everybody else and be like, I have no idea what that is. Does anybody have religion? Ha, huh, that's adorable. Not trained. If no one has it trained, that's fine. Anyone can give me a religion roll. Oh! <laughs> Fionn steps back and goes, it's what? Erlig is the patron of all evil deities. It is a horrible god. That is, uh, his usual form is that he has the head of a wild boar upon the uh, body of a very powerful berserk-type man, almost like a minotaur, but with a large wild boar's head covered in that bristly hide and kind of that razorback type of form to him. He is said to have been the driving force behind the Soul War and the banishment of all gods from the world of Avalon. There's stories of such things that his priests and the things he would call forth would conceivably cause insanity. They drove men to and women to horrible things. Terrible crimes were committed. People were lost and destroyed. If this is the mouth of him, you're not sure what else that means, but oh my god, oh my god. Erlig is everything that is evil in this world. What in the world is his mouth doing in a box? How do you even put a mouth in a box? It was really not just a box. It was so much. It was went on forever, and it was coming. He's already driven out all of the gods from our world. What else could he possibly do? Violet says, it is the glory of our Lord Odin that imprisoned this creature, and it is my people that are destined to protect this box. People like you need to get out of our way and let us do our job. Why the hell is it here? Can I insight to see if she's telling the truth? Absolutely. Yes, she is. In her eyes, she has the worst form of a born-again anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about no, she, it. Is the, it is the worst version of any of those things. Like somebody who's decided that, guess what? I am a meat eater, and they go crazy. Guess what? I'm a vegetarian, and they go banished. That's the look in her eyes. Like It's somebody who converts and draws a a line in the sand and never moves again. Correct. Well, I do believe in the good of all people. Maybe we should just let her have the box if she's going to protect it. Why didn't you have it to begin with? Oh, that's a good point. It was lost. Okay, that's not an explanation, honey. How did you lose it? The shape changer stole it. Oh. We had to get it back. What are those things? They sometimes called changelings. The uh, esoteric order refers to them as doppelgangers. They're plague. In this city. 
Apparently. You mean there are more of them? Some people believe they've already in, uh, infiltrated the entire Bards Guild. Oh. Okay, I'm just going to turn and look at Maris. No, I'm gone. Oh, right, right. He's he's going to be distressed if he hears about this. So when Violet says part of the Bards Guild, that's it's probably the moment where both me and Fiona go and look, turn and look at the bathroom. Maris, you're in the back, copper bathtubs, hot water going. You're kind of working yourself, kind of getting clean. Allison comes in and she says, do you need anything? Are you okay? Can you get me a change of clothes from my room? Sure. She kind of gives you a quick once over, like top to bottom, sly, wry grin, and then walks away. (laughs) I'm just mortified. You have no shot with her. (laughs) Not anymore. That was the grin of a woman losing any sexual feelings, (laughs) if she had any. Sorry. What are your thoughts, Nora? They didn't do such a good job of keeping it protected before. What's changed? We give it back to you and let you try again? She glares at you. There's a lot of bodies around here because you failed the first time. We failed because you interfered. Well, you would have just talked to us instead of, you know, trying to kill everybody. Maybe we could have, like, helped instead of killed all your friends. We'd watched this place for months. This place had been taken over by the Changeling Clan for weeks. What are you talking about? Wait, what? She's just blank, quiet, staring. She is solid in her belief that the Iron Wheel has been a doppelganger stronghold. Look at my eyes, lady. Do they look like cat eyes? They don't. That's what they look like. Wait a minute, what? Cat eyes? I thought it was a lump at the back of the head. Really? Not that this seems to be widely known, but the lamplighter told me to look in the eyes, and it's the eyes that are weird. They have, like, cat eyes. The whole room kind of looks at you, says, the who told you the what now? Yeah, I know, it's weird. Oh, those lamplighters are so creepy. He knew my name, too, but they tend to do that. What do doppelgangers want with the mouth of Erlig? Chaos. Okay. Okay, that doesn't explain it. Actually, I'm kind of looking at the cat. Cat eyes? The cat looks at you, Nora, and gives you a wink, and it comes over and rubs on you. I'd like to study the cat a little closer. There is this ability to shapeshift as a druid. Eventually, I will have this ability as well. Mm -hmm. What am I rolling? Let's take it from inside perspective. So you're taking all the knowledge of your druidic abilities, what you do know of nature, and you're trying to see what you can divine and discern within. Okay, let's give that a shot. Okay, 24. Apparently, if you tell grandma to go look into someone's eyes or their soul, she knows it. Eyes are the window to the soul. That's totally not a cat. Mm-hmm. Grandma looks at that and says, no, that's not a cat. I've, I've seen this before. You pick your pets poorly, Fiona. Takes out the notebook. Okay, first of all, my name is Fiona. I'm sorry, Fiona. Child, there's so many of you in the village. Fiona is my sister. Thank you very much. And also, the cats know what's going on. That's because it's not a cat. Then what is it? Do I have any idea what it is? It's magical for sure. You know that. I'm not exactly sure, but it reeks of magic. Good magic or not so good magic? It is absolutely natural. Natural magic? Are doppelgangers natural? Oh, good lord, no. If that was natural, I don't like nature at all, and I'm never leaving the city. Mars, unfortunately, she brings down your afopiish of equi- of uh, accoutrement. <laughs> you are now have the blousiest of blousy pants, a very loud, multicolored shirt. This is your best outfit. Well, I 
guess I can go out to dinner later since I've got my best clothes on. I take them sheepishly from Allison's hand and step behind the screen to put clothes on. She does the hands on top of your hands and she says, it's okay. It's not your fault. Yeah. um, It it happens sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I just like. It happens to every guy sometimes. Scurry. Behind the screen. <laughs> I'm all flushed and red and totally embarrassed. Can't make eye contact with her when I come back out. And I just kind of like brush past her back into the room. Uh, Morris comes in. He looks amazing. I also look kind of crappy. The clothes look amazing. Man, you look at me and the red of being embarrassed is fading away. And I'm like really pale. And you see, I'm kind of shaky. Yeah, he's a little pissed off. Okay, somebody look into Morris's eyes. What? I look into his eyes. What? He's fine. Let me catch you up, buddy. So there wait, is. Wait, 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 evil- wait, 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 wait. Why are we continuing to talk while this cat is here? What do you care about the cat? It's, it's not, not a, a cat. cat. What is it? Violet says, "Just give me the box and let me go, and you will never have to see or worry about this ever again." Shut up, lady. What do you mean this isn't a cat? How dare you? I am a lord of oh, this God. city. Virus, can you get in- put the gag back on her, please? Yeah, anyways, my dad's a noble, so whatever. Is someone gagging her? Uh, yeah, I gag her. Okay. I am second daughter, Lord Eckhart himself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. I'm going to look at Vassar and be like, is that an important guy? Yeah, he's important. Hopefully Lord Eckhart doesn't know his daughter's down here, because that could be bad. Yeah, that'd be really bad. I'm picking up this cat and carrying it outside and closing the door. Okay. When she mes- mentions uh, the Eckerd family, I'm like, well, that's another wonderful thing about this day. Great, great. I just pissed off one of the leading magistrates of the city. This is good. This is good. Well, it's just his daughter. It's just his daughter. Nora, you ha- you scoop up a heavy tomcat. It continues to purr, and you walk out the front or back door. The closest one would be the front, I believe. Correct, it would be. Out the front. There is a gentleman standing there. He is barefoot, feet are, of course muddy up to the ankles. He has uh, short breeks, kind of end at the end at the knees. Older guy. He has a floppy hat, a just kind of a misshapen bag, more than a hat, if anything else. Satchel. He looks up at you and says, "Oh, thank the gods, you found her or him." <laughs> Sorry, him. And he goes to take the cat from you. He has five others around him. I hand the cat over. Excellent. Is there anything unusual about this gentleman? Yeah, he's dry, apart from his feet. Grandmother, is somebody out there? I step aside so that Vassar and Morris can see this gentleman. He waves. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. Holds up the cat. Just getting my cat. Do you know him? Is it someone they recognize? Your cat. Yep. It's one of my boys. Okay, so he can see into this room. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is probably pretty devastated. And then there's like a woman bound and gag in the middle. And he doesn't blink. Doesn't phase him. Not a cat, though. Well, mostly cat. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly cat is partially not. Hey, your cats are really useful. Mm, that's why I had to find them. Yeah, like, they know things. And they're not mm. completely cats, according to her. No, no. And I point at Granny. They're only mostly cat, right, Grandma? Somewhat cat. Like, well, mostly cat, really, now. What they're part? What else are they? So, Grandma, you come down to the Stone Cemetery, three blocks down, hang a left, can't miss it, it's on Maple. You come down to the Stone Cemetery tomorrow, and we'll talk. Stone Cemetery, got it. Come on, puss, come on now. Come on, kitty, kitty. Meow, 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 meow. Grandmother, you are not going alone to that. I look at everybody around the room, like, look, people, I'm just a thief. 
I just steal stuff. What is going on? Well, obviously bad shit. I mean... This is your city. You tell us. Yes. Okay. So it's Avalon. So that means this is bad shit. Oh, be quiet. I smack her. Okay. That was unnecessary. I'm just, she's just keeps like, look, I just saw into infinity or something or I don't know more than I wanted to see. I'll tell you that much. I just like stealing stuff generally. Well, I've seen more than I've wanted to see in this city too. I'm not going around slapping women. No, I mean, I will admit, I've been with Vass for a long time. He's an equal opportunity slapper. It's true. He has very little patience. Yeah, that that's true. And those doppelganger things have invaded the, the Bard's Guild. What was that? Those doppelganger things have invaded the Bard's Guild. That's something that you uh, should know, buddy. Yeah, sorry. There's like an evil god inside that box. So that's why you're like babbling about Erlig? Yep, pretty much. Erlig. Erlig. That makes some... She's part of the, you know, the Eckerd family. That's a problem. And there's a weird guy with six cats that aren't cats that wants to talk to us tomorrow to Stone Cemetery. Through the gag, you all can hear, I'm telling my dad. She's gone down from, I am a high priestess of the Church of Odin. I demand this, I this. And she's degenerated to, I'm telling my dad on you at this point. Can her dad kick us out of the city? Uh, he'll do a lot worse than that. Yeah, the Eckerts are the bastards of all bastards. You don't cross them. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. That bridge is burned. Uh, she might have to. I don't know. We're going to have to, like, uh, maybe we can have her shanghaied out by the bargemen or something. Sure, that's a great idea. Or we could just cut her throat and dump her in the river. Uh, no, I, mm, them, mm. I don't know if we need to do that. Just saying. As I say that to her face. She's just like glaring and angry and my, I'm telling my dad. I mean, that's her whole attitude. She's just, she has, she has gone from high and mighty to spoiled brat. I'm telling my dad on you. So I look at her. I'm like, you know, one thing, Vi, is, you know, how would your dad <laughs> feel about you being a hammerite seen as, you know, kind of like the living embodiment and head of, you know, the Order of Hermes? Uh, oh, snap. She glares, she's quiet, she does she has a deep breath for like the cutting yet again gagged remark, but I reach over and tap her on the nose and go, just hold that thought. <laughs> Boop. She is now seething to herself. Good. That's much easier. Now we can talk. So we gotta deal with her. That's a problem. Yeah, definitely. We gotta do something with her. What do you think? I say we like knock her out and ship her off. So I'm sure that some uh, ship would love to have a mage on board. I agree with that. We could do that. Uh, are you two okay with that? This is your city. There's probably a guild that I don't know about that specializes in Shanghai sailors. I love I love Fiona. Grandma? She's like, hey, it's their city, darling. <laughs> Whatever they got to do, they got to do. A Avalon's a tough city, if you haven't noticed. Wouldn't it make sense to keep her around for more questioning? <laughs> Isn't it worse if she disappears? Uh, sort of, kind of. But not really. I don't want her right at my back. I mean, we could just cut a deal with her. Maybe we could give her the box in return for service. Why would she feel she has to keep any bargain with us when her first mode of negotiating was to kill us? It's very true. I mean, 
we can't really trust her. So, I mean, I suppose we could just ship her off. I'm down with that. Let's do that. I just don't want to kill her in cold blood. I don't actually want to kill her either. Although she would have done that to us, if I look at her. I feel like there's a middle way between killing her and having her pressed into service as a sailor. Okay, Fiona. I'm listening. What do you got? We can keep her locked up. Mm. You want to be in charge of feeding and watering the new pet? Walking it? Cleaning the litter box? She did lose her kitty. Um, I've got stuff to do. I've taken care of pets before. I look over at Grandma with this like, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. What do we want to do? We got to do something with this girl. All right. How about this? We could appeal to yet another outside party for some input. We could talk to, like, someone up the chain at the Church of Enlightenment or in the Mage Guild or something like that. I have contacts in the masks. We give her to the masks and let them ransom her back. Yes, that's great. What's to stop her from coming back and killing us? Nothing really, except for the fact that I'm going to give her to the to the masks and they they're going to be in trouble too so they'll know what to do with her i love that if you sell her to the masks you would hopefully make some good solid silver out of the deal and you were able to take the job and uh, flick it onto somebody else so that they have the problem of the uh, captive plus it can put me back in their good graces in in some way shape or form since i uh, i don't really have that right now they don't really like me as long as they don't think that you're just trying to dump a problem on them. Which I feel like we are. Well, I mean, she's worth a lot of money. Well, from a ransom perspective, she's worth a lot. She is worth quite a bit. It is a bit of trouble, but anything worth this much money is definitely not easy. Plus, they have resources that we don't have, like memory alteration charms and such. Whoa, whoa, what? What? Memory alteration? <laughs> oh, they've got, like, some of the best alchemists working for them. Oh, my gosh. This is not just any place, kid. I'll be right back. I'm going to go talk to a friend, and I leave. Okay, I'm now distraught that my memory may not be my memory. Fionn, Violet is looking at you. She is... Um, give me an insight roll from your side. Oh my god, 23. She has gone from high and mighty, priestess, domineering, commanding, threatening, spoiled high school girl, yelling at you, I'm telling my dad on you, and now she's looking at you... We're both girls. I'm trying. You can't sell me to slavery. Come on. Aren't aren't we together here? I know I don't know what stages of grief an NPC adventurer goes through, but she's like at rock bottom at this point. She's the tears are starting in the corner. There's a whimper and a look at you. The puppy dog eyes are out, and she's like, For God's sakes, you can't let the deuce to me. Oh, come on. We can't just sell her. She's a person. I don't know how you work in this city with your fake ethics. Well, it's not how I work, but it's a well-respected line of business. Back home, we would never sell anyone for anything. Well, that's because y'all know each other. You need a big city where you don't really know people and have an emotional investment in them. How do you not have an emotional investment in people? Well, after they try to kill me... I'm distraught that I have taken lives today. Okay, that's fair. The first kills are the hardest. Wasn't this woman the one who killed someone on her own side because he got in the way? Oh, yes. So let's not pretend that she hasn't made some questionable choices herself. Haven't we all made questionable choices? Oh, you've killed tribe members? We don't kill our own kind. She does with impunity. Matt, do you see a flicker of guilt? 
Okay. Someone's actions may be unethical, but that does not mean that they are not a human and deserve to be treated like an object. Oh, you're going to have such a hard time in this city. Grandmother, you taught me that. Oh, this isn't the way Avalon works, Fionn. Oh, man. Do you remember the time when Fiona stole something from me? And I was so mad. And Grandmother, you sat us down and talked about empathy and forgiveness. And that deep down, everyone... Everyone has a good heart. Violet is, oh, of course. Ed, look, 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 look at these t- tears. All the tears. I can't sell me. If we don't treat each other with respect, how can we expect to get along mm-hmm. in this world? Some people, like some animals, are beyond help. There are those that kill. Would you kill one of us if we were controlled and came towards you? He wasn't even threatening her, and she killed him in the blink of an eye. She wasn't controlled. Now, if they have to wipe her mind so she doesn't remember us and come after us again, I'm fine with that. I just think that this is super unethical. All right. My vision has the... I have Fion has sat down in a bit of a huff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not winning this argument at all. It's th- it's three against one. Is Fion doing the staring at nobody but yet everything look? Yes. Okay. I am the 18-year-old idealist who's ideals about the goodness of all people are being challenged and she doesn't like it. And she's also now seen a side of grandmother she doesn't like. Vassar, you've stepped out into the mud, made your way a couple blocks down. Who are you looking for? I go find my buddy Albus Lockman, my contact into the masks. That might one of my few remaining ones, in fact. Albus is at his usual place. He's at the Lucky Dog. The Lucky Dog has some of the best soup in all of Avalon, especially in this district anyway. It's amazing. It's kind of on the edge of the docks. The sign that hangs outside is a three-legged dog, and uh, the dog that actually lives within the Lucky Dog has one eye, one ear, half a tail, and has three legs. I love this dog. He's lucky because he's still here, right? He's the best dog ever. And his name's Lucky, right? Absolutely. Hence the name of the bar. So you slide into there. Albus is at his usual at his usual table playing cards. He sees you, wraps up, folds, goes over, buys a drink. Says, Vassar, Vassar, Vassar. How are you, my friend? Hey, buddy, I have a thing. And I reach down and I pet Lucky because that's a thing that you do. And then I look back at Albus and I'm like, all right, I got a big score for you. Oh, wait, wait. Is this big or is this big? This is huge. And I lean in and I whisper in his ear, I have Violet Eckhart. You what? What can what condition? What condition? Is she alive? She's alive. Okay, she's worth more alive. Mm-hmm. But then again, if we kill her, we could sell her to No, we don't want to do that. There's more money. I'm not gonna kill, kill her. her. In fact, the masks and me not so good right now. True, true. I'm willing to cut you a pretty good deal. Seventy five silver, and you can have her. Does she have all her limbs? Both all both her eyes, everything, nothing's missing. Yep. I only got one condition. Okay. You have the alchemists wipe her memory so that she doesn't remember me and my friends. 60 silver. Sure. Sounds good. That's a lot of overhead. Okay. You have to hang on to her for tonight. Okay. I will meet you out back of the wheel. I'll have the coin. You have the body. Yep. No problem. And the living body, by the way. Yes. If she's dead, we'll have to renegotiate. Or if she's missing pieces, we'll have to renegotiate. Okay. No problem. One more drink? Yeah, sure. One more drink. Come on. We have to have a drink to seal the deal. Yeah. So how's your mom? Uh, she's good. She's fine. Good. 
Is that sweet little uh, sweet little number still working in the kitchen? Oh, Allison, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, the, you know, if if you're interested in that, you might want to get there at some time in the near future because I know Morris, you know my my buddy the Bard. That goddamn croaking off key, no story having what? Yeah, he's putting a move on her. Absolutely. All right, and she's all kinds of into him, from what I can tell. Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. This this isn't going to stand. There's no there's no way that hack is moving in on my girl. Not happening. Okay. All right. He buys another drink. We wrap up your third drink. He's like, "Okay. Okay. Okay. Good." All right. I'll see you tomorrow in the morning. Yes, tomorrow. Sun up. You keep his hands. You keep his hands off of her. Only if you tr- promise not to double cross me. Have I ever double crossed? Apart from those two times, have I ever double crossed you? Uh, only, only those two times. See, but I told you, next time you did it, I would kill you. And I haven't done it since. It's true, because you saw what I did to that other guy. Well, that do, that does leave a mark. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Bye bye. Vassar will come back. He stinks like cheap wine. Mm-hmm. Hey, Red, how's it going? <laughs> Poor Fiona, all of her illusions are shattered tonight. You've got a nice glow going there, Vassar. So, did you work something out? Oh, yeah, I made a nice little deal. We got this, no problem. We got this covered. All right, sweet. Let's go drop her off. Where do we drop her? Uh, not till tomorrow morning. What? Wait, what? Sun up. What? Uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Your plan is falling apart? What are you talking about? We keep her till tomorrow morning. After you told them where to find her. Did you tell her? Aren't these thieves? Did you tell them where she is? Look, I told Albus if he double-crossed me again, and this was like seven deals ago, that I would kill him. And he knows what I do to people. You kill them who double-cross you? Yeah. Oh, kid. Kid? I'm like five years older than you. No, no, Fiona. Oh, her. Okay, I, I think I'm older than you too, Mara. Yeah, but, oh my god, you seem... Uh, <laughs> uh, such a bumpkin. A little bit. It's okay. Man, it's pretty much... Uh, if you don't uh, fight your way in Avalon, the city will eat you. Just keep that in mind and always watch your back. And considering that your friends are thieves... I would be more concerned about watching yours. The Honored Thieves Guild, I'll have you know. Right, Vassar? Exactly. Totally honored that I'm not, not that I'm a part of it. Mm-hmm. Vassar, did you look into your contact's eyes deeply? Uh, yeah, I usually do. Usually do. Are you sure he wasn't a <laughs> doppelganger? Maybe. I can't remember. That was like three drinks ago. So you might have just told one of the doppelgangers where to find the box. Uh, I didn't say anything about a box. Yeah, but they knew she was after the box. It's true. I could have just told the doppelganger about the box, but don't the doppelgangers already know where the box is? Everyone looks at each other. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> this plan sucks. <laughs> By the way, what are we doing with the box if like, we're not giving it back to her? You all figure out who's taking first watch. I'm drunk, and I'm going to bed, and I go upstairs. Well, okay. Can I have first watch so that I can get a few solid hours of sleep after that? Because I need some rest. So my assumption is the group will take the prisoner upstairs to a room, in their locked room, locked window. Whoever's keeping watch stays watch over that person. Everyone wait, else has wait, a room uh, and crashes to out. To clarify, though, where's the box? Is the box with Granny? That's the next piece. Who who has the box? Grandma picked yeah. the box up last time, held it tight. Vassar relocked it through dint of his magical finger bones. I don't want that thing. I don't want that thing. 
Okay, I have a question. Yes. Why are we staying here? That's a good question. The one place where they both know where she is and the boxes? You guys don't know anywhere else in the city we can go to that's safer than this? Oh, we can go to another inn. There's hundreds of inns. There's like five within a few blocks of here. I didn't say inn. I said safer. Yeah, but we can't just walk in with a woman who's tied up and gagged. Can we? Generally, that wouldn't uh, really go too well. Well, I'm glad to hear that somebody has some propriety. So from a street level, how I get along on the streets perspective in Avalon, Morris, how would you figure out where to go, where would be safer? I don't know how much safer I would say it is, but I know where the urchins that hang out and beg and do, you know, odd jobs in this area, kind of where they uh, congregate, and uh, I've always treated them right. I'm sure they could hook us up with, like, the equivalent of, like, a cheap flop house, where it's sleep with your dagger, you know, your hand on the hilt of the dagger, but... There probably won't be a lot of questions asked coming in with someone tied up. Might have to pay a little extra. Grandpa Thompson's place is one of the more popular ones for street urchins. He is a bit of a scuzzbag, but he really treats kind of the urchins well, if you will. All right. I mean, if, if they have to get credit, they can have credit and so forth. He is a bit rough if you don't uh, keep your word type of thing. He's kind of the best of a slumlord is probably the best way to describe Grandpa Thompson. So you're going to make your way there. And we have Vassar um, drunkenly snoring in his room. We would attempt to wake up Vassar and get him to come with us. I don't know if that works. My drunk self will go there. Okay. We make Mom and Allison come with us, too, because we can't leave them here. They lock the place up. She'll take the cash box as much as she can from a personal valuables because she's leaving empty in, which is not good. And you guys pack up. Go to Grandpa Thompson's. That's a great plan, guys. You have the four of you. You have Violet, who is still bound and gagged, and of course, Grandpa Thompson could give a shit what you do with a bound and gagged anybody. So you drag him up there, he's like, well, okay, business as usual, carry on. Julia has enough coin on her to cover the evening, so she will do that. I think what we should do is maybe get a runner and see if they can go to get the equivalent of the security type group where you can like rent a tough. One or two in the end to, like, make sure no one breaks in and vandalizes it or, you know, strips it. You guys can pool your money and you'll have enough to pay the knives, which is the basically the toughs, the assassins, the people that do this type of uh, leg breakery work for cash. You can get enough cash pulled together to get five members of the Knives Guild to watch over you this evening, which will you probably still want to keep a watch but it will make the evening a hell of a lot more passable and allow you guys to actually go through and actually get a long rest out of this. But we want some of them back at the iron wheel to make sure that – because I want to make sure I have a job to go back to. Totally understand. How much does it cost? I have 15 silver. It's going to run about 25 silver total. I will empty my silver out, so. Your mom tells you to keep your silver. She's got this faster. Oh, Okay. That's all for this episode of The Streets of Avalon. Tune in next time to learn the fate of Violet, to see what our rogues do with the box, and to watch Fiona either succumb to the streets of Avalon or rise above them and the harsh reality of the city. We look forward to running with you rogues next time. <laughs>